Okay, so hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Default Global. This is where we connect with global first entrepreneurs and remote work experts from all around the world to share their experiences. Our guest today is Vlad Pranskevichus, a founder and CTO at Let's Enhance. Vlad, thanks for joining us today. Hey, hey everyone. Hey, hey Vit. Thanks for having me today. Sure, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, you've had quite a journey from coding to launching your own AI companies like Clayt and Let's Enhance, right? So maybe could you start this this podcast by telling us a bit about how you got to where you are now? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm in tech for more than 10 years, I think 12 or so years. And um, it's, um, I, I was like most of my career, I was in, in, in startups in some form. So I started as an engineer. Uh, I, I, I was in some deep tech startups. I was in, in, in like real estate startups in, in, in US, also as a part of remote team. Uh, so, um, and yeah, so I, I, I somehow went from, uh, from engineer to being a team lead. And just before Listen Hands, I was a CTO also at a healthcare startup in the Netherlands. So it was a very fun uh, experience as well. And yeah, so, but uh, I've, I've always um, uh, been at, uh, at like, I, I was a, an engineer at a CTO and I wanted to, to um, build something of my own. So uh, I, me and my friends, we, we teamed up back in the day and we uh, founded this company. It was uh, lightsandhands.io. Um, and this product is, uh, well, we still have it. And we also launched another product, which is Clade. Uh, so yeah, it, it was back in 2000 at like end of 2017, 2018. So we launched Let's Enhance IO and uh, we quickly got some, um, audience because it was, I think it was a, a, a very right time to launch this because the AI was really also fresh uh, back in the day and we we delivered something which uh, you know, people only saw in this uh, sci-fi movies where you can infinitely zoom on some image, right? So when we delivered this in the product, uh, the promise looked really interesting and it actually worked on many, many cases. So yeah, then it went. Yeah, that that's point. that's that's awesome, awesome, and um, so you you have managed to make a splash on the global scene while while starting up in Ukraine, right? So currently also in Ukraine, but that, and that's that's really impressive. Maybe uh, can you can you talk about that? Can you talk about some of the obstacles you you had to overcome along the way? You know, to come uh, because you're a founder based in Ukraine, right? So and you you're currently like. Uh, uh, you know, uh, building really global first product. And uh, I believe there are a bunch of founders from Ukraine, from other countries where maybe uh, this venture capital is not so, you know, um, um, kind of popular, I would say. I don't know. So yeah. how, how, just from your experience, can you talk more about this? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, th there were several factors at play. So the first one was maybe a little bit idealistic, but uh, still we uh, started with this idea that we are building something which is global, which is kind of for the internet. So and 
if this thing is for the internet, it means that it's global by definition. That was something which we started with. So we, uh, and yeah, our, our technology, which we built our tool is, uh, is, um, is not really tied to, uh, some physical aspect of the world too much. And it, it may be used in different, uh, uh, in different areas, in different industries, uh, use cases. So we, we started, uh, we started with that and we then started this path of uh, the product discovery where it actually fits, but that was one of the factors. So, um, and, and another one I think is really important, like in, in a startup, especially when you're just starting when it's only founders at, at the very beginning, right? So when you start, it's really important the background of the founders. We both had our international backgrounds. So, um, I uh, spent some time in, in, in other countries. I, uh, I, I was also, uh, exposed to some, uh, like in international diverse teams, as well as my co-founder, Sophie, she, she worked in Google before. So, uh, she also had this experience and uh, it's kind of, you know, we, we just matched and uh, with this kind of mindset, we, uh, we, were, we were building our product. And again, like one of the big factors, it's not really tied to physical world. As for VC, uh, you're, you're right. That's, um, in Ukraine, we have, uh, some good funds, but that's, uh, of course, it's very minor compared to, uh, what you get in the US. So, and, uh, yeah, so right now we, uh, we are, uh, I believe that truly an international company, uh, with headquarters in US and, uh, but our roots are in Ukraine. So both founders and uh, a large percentage of the team are Ukrainians. That's, that's awesome. Frank is speaking. Um, and, um, if we if we start talking about funding, right. Um, I know that you uh, raised, uh, uh, I guess, one or a couple rounds, right? Um, uh, but navigating the current economic downturn, right? There are a bunch of tr uh, companies who are currently trying to raise funds and grow their companies, right? But uh, currently, it's it's really tough, not only for 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 guys from Ukraine or other countries, even for for those companies that are based in the U.S. It's it's tough because this VC market is kind of on hold, you know. Uh, so yeah. with that, what what kind of strategies have you used at um, Clade and Let's Enhance to overcome like uh, this uh, fundraising challenges? And maybe what advice do you have for founders who are currently based in Ukraine or other locations? that are not considered as like ideal by venture capitalists and, but who are current, currently trying to raise funds. What advice do you have yeah. for, for those folks? Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a great question. So um, I can give a couple of points. So we, when we just started, we were aware of this like inertia that we have to overcome to raise funds uh, uh, like in other countries. And we specifically, we wanted to raise somewhere outside of Ukraine uh, because, uh, we believe that, um, like it's important to raise from VCs where your market is. And our market is pretty well distributed, but around 50% of our market is in US. Our main B2B customers are US based. So, uh, that was our goal for the seed round. But initially we started with one of the, uh, uh, 
very good Ukrainian VC funds. We, we still maintain a very good relationships with them. Uh, so we raised from them. And uh, at the same time, we went into Accelerator, we went into Techstars. And that was one of the things which we did actually to overcome this kind of inertia because the, a brand of a good, uh, well-known accelerator uh, can actually give this brand also to your company. It's like, you know, it's, it's like a check mark that you are okay to talk with at least, you know, and uh, this uh, is uh, something which we did. It helped us. Um, and uh, well, while also being first time founders, we learned a lot about fundraising while in Techstars. So um that also helped a lot and of course networking so accelerator is like most of it probably is about networking and uh, business mm -hmm. development so basically you're saying that being a remote first or global first companies it is still kind of remote fundraising doesn't really work so you still That's need true. to be where uh, the, the majority money, right? Are right. So that's that's yeah. that's basically uh, you, your point here. Am I right? Yeah, th that's true. Also, uh, this is a good point because also my co-founder Sophie, like she went to uh, live in US a few years ago. It was mm -hmm. your like uh, choice, and uh, and uh, this was uh, uh, also one of the reasons was that uh, in order to raise in US, usually you have to be uh, physically present. I know yeah. case actually also from Ukraine and other company they uh, managed to raise from uh, a A16Z. Uh, mm -hmm without okay. being present at the time in us but that's mostly exception like speaking frankly right. that's mostly an exception so uh someone has to be there that's uh that's for sure and uh yeah so that's uh mm -hmm. that was also a point and also there are uh some uh, funds which uh, are not maybe ukrainian based but they are uh, also investing in a certain region because they're familiar with those mm -hmm. countries and mm -hmm. yeah, so this Got also it. exists. Got it. Okay, sounds good. And speaking about uh, hiring and speaking about like uh, your existing team, right? So you mentioned that the majority of your team is based in Ukraine, right? Uh, including co-founders. Uh, but I guess I checked this on your LinkedIn and I saw a couple members who are just based in different countries. So, the, yeah. uh, in uh, w w with that, it seems that you're hiring not only in Ukraine, you're hiring in, in different locations, right? So, yeah, could you talk a bit true. about how you handle this recruitment at 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 Clade at at Let's Enhance? Do you have any strategy or uh, kind of criteria for choosing the the country uh, and location to hire from? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it all started uh, in COVID times. So when uh, people were forced to be remote and we kind of gave in to that. So we, okay, so now we are remote. We have to rebuild our process and everything. But uh, uh, we started being remote back at that time. And then we went on to being like remote, also distributed uh, team because uh, like at the time, it was still mostly based in Ukraine. Right now, uh, I consider us a, a truly international team because uh, just around like 40% of the team are Ukrainians. Some of them live in Ukraine, some of them uh, live in, in, in other countries. Uh, and others are people like from very, very different countries, very different cultures. So we have uh, Portugal, we have... Uh, 
Netherlands, we have even Singapore, uh, like many, many countries. Uh, so we kind of just gave in and we hire people who uh, can arrange a good uh, intersection with European time zone. So at least 50% of that time uh, can uh, can be intersected with European time zone because like most of our people are somewhere close to European time zone. So, and that's it. That's basically the criteria for location. And uh, as for uh, choosing people, uh, our main uh, principle is... Um, well, it's value-based, right? Mm -hmm. So we have our values, how we work, and uh, some of them we codified, but it's more like, you know, uh, it, it's not like, uh, well, we have some principles defined, like transparency, like communication, right. and like several principles, but it's mostly about, you know, uh, checking the cultural fit of a person. If mm -hmm. uh, So first we talk and we decide, like, if this person is ours or not, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. something like that and i it's also it's one of my i also like uh, when when hiring of course many people uh, from the team participate in that and we ask people now i always want people to be like gatekeepers of our cultural values so uh, one of my main questions which i asked if if i'm not participating in the interview uh, like are you comfortable working with this person do mm -hmm. you and do you enjoy this process? Do you have a good communication? Do you have like, uh, do they share our values? Uh, and if this is in check, then we can proceed. We check the hard skills and everything. So that's like one of the main things. And we really like this diverse cultural environment. That was one of our also dreams we had with Sophie, you know, to build this kind of thing, which we experienced ourselves in, in other places. So we wanted to build this also in our company. Uh, so people come from different backgrounds, they bring a different culture, different everything, but uh, they all center around our values, which we have in the company. So that's uh, how we do it. And generally, yeah, so that's yeah. Uh, our approach to hiring. That's great. And frankly speaking, that it, it really, really resonates with me because that's the way I also hire for my company, right? And uh, that's something that I really recommend to my clients, right? Just yeah. culture, culture fit is one of the main aspects and you have to pay attention to this, you know, a lot. So um, in speaking about hiring, probably the, the last question, uh, being an AI based company right AI focused company have you used uh, AI technologies in the hiring process itself yeah wow well, very interesting question yeah actually uh, no no we have not used just okay. yet any anything AI based in, in hiring process maybe if uh, like uh, if there is something which can be helpful to our uh, recruitment uh, maybe we would use it but still uh, we want to rely on like human aspect of it. We are, we are not a huge team just yet. We are just around 50 people. So, uh, and uh, like uh, um, we want to keep this human aspect uh, mm -hmm. of uh, of the hiring process. So I would not like outsource uh, CV screening mm -hmm. to, to AI right. or something, but it may be helpful in some okay. aspects. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay, cool. Um, so let's talk a bit about um, uh, 
managing and growing your company, right? So uh, you, you, your products are being used by, I guess, millions around the world. Basically, that's what I what I found out uh, while I was re researching your company. Uh, and there are including some major companies from different industries. So uh, what what challenges have you faced while scaling up to serve mm -hmm. such a diverse user base? And how did you tackle them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Again, like uh, like I said previously, like our product, like the essence of our product, that it uh, did not have this like local uh, aspect to it. So it um, we, uh, many companies they really do struggle because they start in some market and then they are like, okay, so we are local to a certain market. How do we expand to other markets? How to, do we make it global? So we uh, did not have much of the challenge because. Uh, the technology again it can be used in many in many areas in many companies but of course uh, again like it's uh, we uh, during our product journey we found out some markets where it's uh, more useful to people uh, and uh, so one of the main markets for us is us and also we have other countries we have also uh, platinum countries uh, several quite popular there so it's like um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, um, we just uh, built uh, uh, everything on on, on like very um, uh, I, I would say widespread uh, um, things. Like, uh, for example, we connected a good payment system, right? Uh, just to start with, uh, so that we support many different uh, geographies. Uh, our C4 has a bit of a headache because of so many countries we have but yeah it's, uh, it's the nature of this kind of globalized uh, thing but g generally we did not have much of the challenge which some companies really faced when going from local to global i would say i would say like that so uh that's great but uh, uh in 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 terms of uh, managing the team you mentioned that you have yeah. teammates in different countries including even singapore right so how, how yeah. do you keep everyone on the same page and motivated despite of this distance you know tell, could you tell a few words about that yeah it's um mm. It's a process which uh, we mm, uh, we built at some point, but it's not like fixed in stone. It's always evolving because we get new challenges and the team grows and we get new challenges, you know. But generally, uh, one of the main principles is asynchronous communication. So we do uh, almost everything which we can in, in, in Slack and we favor group discussions versus uh, direct discussions between people. Uh, we always uh, schedule our calls. If call has uh, more people than two, like it's not one-to-one, -one, it's uh, um, you have to share the agenda if you are organizing it. So there should be agenda defined, there should be points defined, and there should be some form of documentation, at least some meeting notes when we go outside of the meeting for further review. So... Um, these kind of things in place uh, as they really help us and we have our also like central knowledge database in Notion. Many things live there and uh, um, frankly we lack documentation for many things but uh, we are trying to be uh, like more documented as we grow 
Uh, and uh, yeah, so generally that's the process. And for, for the task management, for work management, we rely heavily on Jira, which is like many companies choose it. Uh, so, uh, and, uh, and yeah, so like it's uh, something that you do. So we try to uh, document all the discussions, all mm -hmm. the decisions made. Uh, if we mm -hmm. have an engineering challenge, we try to, if it's like, if it's non obvious challenge, we try to do some brainstorm with, uh, with people and we do a design document, we discuss stuff and then we go step by step to, to plan into implementation. So, but okay. it, it all stays somewhere in, in, in our systems for review later. That's awesome. That's awesome. Frank is speaking. We're doing uh, uh, at Gogo a bit the same uh, because we also have like teams in 10 different countries and it's, it's, it's really hard to, you know, to manage everything like uh, just using calls meetings and it's simply yeah. it's impossible frankly speaking so yeah we're we're, we're we're you know following the same guide we're, we're trying to build documents for each process that we have but that's funny uh the biggest issue is not to build that document not to create that document but mm -hmm. just to update that document and yeah. follow it right so those those two issues that we we saw that we noticed recently and there, there is a there is a interesting uh, tip that I that I heard from from one of my guests. I believe it was like a guys from GitLab. <clears throat> they said, okay, so uh, you should kind of you know dedicate uh, you know half of a day when just everyone just you know uh, goes to their Notion or whatever they have this knowledge base and just spend like uh, three four hours updating those documents that they have. So uh, do you have any kind of similar approach on your end? Do you dedicate some time to update those do those documents or or you 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 do this in a, I don't know in a different way? Yeah. Uh, yeah, GitLab is actually very famous for the uh, the process are really far ahead, you know, of many many companies and that and so Definitely, you you have some time where you have to go and synchronize uh, the documents because you had some meetings, some uh, quite intense discussions, some decisions were made, and uh, uh, you need to up to update up, uh, updated documents. You need to really make it important for yourself and teammates so that people really understand that it's important to uh, to keep it in sync. It's, reality so there, there's definitely a, a process I, I don't say that i really have like a dedicated chunk of time but i i do find myself you know having some time you know during mm -hmm. the day where okay i go and uh, i go through this document and uh, i may answer some comments in notion modify something something mm -hmm. so okay okay cool um so pr probably my, my my last question uh regarding uh, ai of course <laughs> so yeah. there, there are a lot of chatter about ai replacing many tech roles in the near future right mm -hmm. as someone deeply involved in the ai, AI space w what's your take on this are there any certain roles yours you see being you know kind of affected more than others in a maybe three four years perspective yeah 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 that's a question which is uh yeah it's very it's very much current and uh, you know uh, 
people are asking this question right now whether AI will replace or not. So my take on that is that, well, um, what's in, like what I see right now is happening is AI will definitely transform uh, the space. It will uh, because already like many teams are using stuff like Copilot. Some teams adopted it earlier, some later, and there are like more comprehensive tools coming. And there is uh, uh, GPT-4, uh, which uh, you can use actually as a coding assistant. And I know examples of people who, um, without any knowledge of a certain platform technology, they went to uh, to this tool and built uh, something on that platform. Right. So it's like, but again, people are engineers. So they, they were not just like, you know, uh, okay, please build me some app. Right. It, it, it will, it will answer you something. Right. But it's, uh, it's not, it's not the end result which you want, of course. Uh, there has to be approach to it. So I think what's important for 100% is for people in tech to become good operators of AI tools. That's, uh, really really important right now uh, and uh, also uh, try to stay agile in a way because uh, agile I mean prepared to change the way uh, where people how people work right so uh, because it will definitely uh, transform the job of QA it's transforming the job of an engineer already and uh, designers graphical specialists so it's really important to become a good uh, operator and also AI is uh, well it's um, it needs operators and it needs uh, I would say like in this like uh, humanized manner, it needs teachers, right? So uh, because uh, there is a, uh, a distinction of like why, uh, for example, uh, ChatGPT is so much better than other LLMs you may find because like uh, there was this uh, human teaching aspect applied to it on on, on a very um, uh, big scale, uh, so that it actually was trained by people to be so much human-like in a way and uh, so forth in, in its comments. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so we just, uh, like, AI is here to stay. It won't go away. And we need to, uh, right now, ad ad adapt and uh, learn how to use it, how to live with it. And, uh, yeah, so I, 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 otherwise, I, I don't really, uh, I, I don't really like, you know, some... Um, future guessing like what it will be because uh, yeah but <laughs> i mean uh, many uh, uh you know it's like if we start getting the future it's like sci-fi book right many of them were written and well many of them turned out to be true <laughs> on some stage of of our development so yeah that's that's, that's true that's true. Okay, so I guess I guess we're good. So thanks a lot, a lot for sharing your insights on uh, the way how you hire in your company, on fundraising, on future of AI. So uh, yeah, thanks a lot. We wish you and your companies all the best, and thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. It was really nice to talk to you. Same really here. Enjoyed. See you. Bye.